Please fasten your seatbelts. The skies are rough and our two pilots have no idea where they're going. So kick back, relax, and enjoy your flight on no blackout dates. No blackout dates. No blackout dates. No blackout dates. Single as a Pringle over here. Melanie Sutra thought on and Instagram, slide into her DMs. <laughs> Literally day or night, oh, she responds no. to everybody <laughs> within five to ten minutes. Wow, we took a turn. Don't even sit here and tell me you've never been friend zoned. I have never been friend zoned, ever. I have so much game. What's up, guys? Welcome to a slightly different week of No Blackout Dates. We've got some big news today. My good friend and co-host, Tim is embarking on a crazy adventure this week, and it actually has nothing to do whatsoever with travel. Tim's wife, Alicia, gave birth to a beautiful baby girl this week, and well, we couldn't be more happy for him, but his priorities are obviously all messed up because he chose to be there for his wife and child instead of be here for me on No Blackout Dates. So he'll be out of the podcast for a couple of weeks while he figures out how to indoctrinate his new child to be as obsessed with the outdoors as he is. So until he comes back, and because no one wants to hear me talk to myself for an hour, uh, we've got an amazing guest host to fill his shoes. And some of you might actually even remember her from our very first episode. Melanie Sutrathada was our first guest ever on No Blackout Dates way back in October 2020. Almost exactly a year ago, actually. The episode was called Behind the IG Filter, so check that out if you haven't already. It's a great episode. She's a professional actress, host, content creator, and avid traveler, and we are so excited to welcome her to the show. Awesome. Hey, everyone, and thank you so much for having me, Evan. Honestly, I'm sure you would rather be with Tim because he's just so much more funny and charming, but like, I will do my best. It probably still will not add up to all that is Tim, but we will see how it goes. If it's not too much to ask, actually, I'm going to need you to wear a snowboard beanie and a flannel shirt and make like really obscure punk rock references for at least the first two weeks, just so I can get used to the, uh, the transition here. What's funny is that you assume that I don't already do all of those things. I mean, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this accent wall behind you, and it's very, it's very un-Tim, let's just say that. It's very stylish, very New York City. It's not what someone in Western Colorado would have in their house. Well, have you ever thought that maybe Tim needs to step his game up? Instead of going and having children and, like, procreating and living his best life and developing a family, like, maybe he should be at Home Depot getting tropical print wallpaper. Poor guy is just trying to be there for his wife and just getting absolutely roasted on his own podcast. Can't defend himself. <laughs> Helpless. Well, I feel like we have so many fun things to talk about besides Tim. I mean, obviously, he could be the whole topic, but I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so given Tim's fluid situation this past week and bringing Melanie on, we don't have a guest this week like usual, but we thought it would be a really cool time to introduce you guys to Melanie. So we'll be doing a slightly extended hot take section and news of the week, and then back to our regularly scheduled guests next week. So Melanie, are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. I, well, I mean, I hope I'm ready. I might not be. Your hot takes are like the best part of the show. So let's go. All right. Well, ladies first, guests first. You got some hot takes for me? So my thing that I have to ask you about, I need a man's opinion. So reality dating shows like Love is Blind and The Bachelor are super popular right now. And there always seems to be this point of contention where, you know, one person has a close friend of the opposite sex who is 
quote unquote, just a friend. And it ends up interfering with their relationship. So do you feel like it's actually possible to have someone attractive of the opposite sex who is really just a friend? I mean, for personal experience, yes, you can have friends that are attractive that are also just close friends platonically. But I do think that there's a hurdle that you have to get over in almost every situation when they start dating someone or when you start dating someone where there's this level of suspicion and jealousy and it always i don't know do you think do you think that it's possible to have a attractive friend of the opposite sex who you never once think about in a romantic way i would say so right now i am not dating anyone single as a pringle over here and melanie sutra thought on instagram slide into her dms <laughs> Literally day or night, oh, she responds no. to everybody within five to ten minutes. So just slide right in there. Evan, sorry to interrupt. I hate you, but also thank you so much. Hey, your followers just jumped up by fifteen in the last yep. ten seconds. <laughs> yes, I love this. I love this for me. So I have one friend who is just one of my closest friends. He is very attractive. Um, he's super nice. He's just such a great. All right, let's person. not talk about me like that. We've just started doing this podcast together. We don't know each other that well. You're right. That's that's exact. I mean, how did you know? That's what I was trying to do, Evan. Oh, man. So I do have this friend and everyone who knows us tries to ship us, like tries to be like, all right, Melanie and this person are dating. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I've always just been like, oh, we are just friends. But then because people are, are always like, hey, like, why is this not a thing? I'm like, wait, should this be a thing? Like, I don't know maybe but I, i'm like if he was dating someone i think that we would not hang out as much as pop as we do i think i think honestly that would make that other person feel so uncomfortable because him and i have known each other for seven or eight years at this point but you when you first met this guy did you think of him as a potential romantic partner i actually thought he was gay because he was so well dressed so <laughs> i did not okay. but then when i realized he wasn't i was like oh right so then you, yeah right so i think everyone goes through a period of thinking like okay like could this be a thing like would, would i do that uh, mm. and then you either it just goes on you become two close friends and then you kind of friend zone each other or i don't know maybe you do date maybe you do hook up and then it doesn't work out and then that's how the relationship ends up i think there's always a point though where your mind goes to should we hook up <laughs> yep yep with the exception of like one so one of my best friends uh they're they're Two of my best friends, they're a couple, and uh, the lovely gentleman, he reminds me so strongly of my brother, which I've told him numerous times, and I'm like, all right, in, in the that event where I did friend zone him so fast, not like, not that he would have been interested in me anyway, but I was like, we both shut that down so fast. And how did you, how do you friend zone people? So if you're like, I'm going to friend zone that guy, like, what's the, what's the strategy there? I am someone who's very upfront. And so I'll send a text like, oh, man, I'm so happy we're friends. Or I'll say, oh, my. <laughs> if we're going to go there, we're so going there. That is so brutal. Oh, uh -huh. my God. Yeah. I've also gone the route of like, oh, I'm going on a date this weekend. Can you help me pick out something to wear? Like, I need, so like, I need like your opinion since you're, like, not as, you know, like, you're not as involved. Right. Like, oh, my gosh, this guy is so sweet. He's so cute. And I will talk up another person, even if there isn't another person. Oh, okay. That's Friend okay. Owned. Like newsflash, though, this isn't upfront and direct. That this is sneaky. This is upfront and direct. Is saying, just so you know, we're just friends, so don't get any ideas. What you're doing is is sly. The first one was upfront. I'm so glad we're friends. Second one, 
less so if someone doesn't get the point. And is there anything that you can do to climb out of that friend zone once you're in it? I think a lot of guys would want to know that. Oh, man, how do you climb out of the friend zone? I don't know. We're on a cruise in Aruba, and one day the sun hits you just right, and you're like on a horse riding in the ocean, and I look at him, and I'm like, All right, this is ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. And then I'd be like, hey, Evan, like, do you want to? know do you want to like go get drinks so like, just hang around at sunset and like <laughs> rotate your body in in every way that you could possibly imagine and mm -hmm. hope that the sun hits you in the right way and that the right person sees you at the exact right time okay that's really good that's really actionable and reasonable yeah all right good good advice i think that sounds pretty good what's your next hot take all right my next hot take evan should you watch a show just because everyone else is watching it? Right now, Squid Games is num is like in the top 10 list on Netflix, and everyone and their mom is like, Melanie, you need to watch the show. But I watched the first, I didn't even finish the first episode. Did you finish I, the first episode? I told no, you to finish the first episode. No, I couldn't. I was so damaged. And then I thought about it, like, I should go and watch it. But there are like shows like this that are like cultural phenomenons, right? Like, so they come up in conversation, think like Tiger, uh, Tiger King, Bird Box, like when everybody was watching it, everyone was watching it. So do you go and watch it even if you're not a fan or do you just be like, eh, I'm too cool for that? I think that after one or two episodes, you're gonna get a good sense of whether or not it's for you. And I think if after one or two episodes, you're, you're like you said, after one episode, you're like thoroughly disturbed and you're like, this is not for me. No, don't finish it. Who cares? It's a cultural phenomenon, but cultural phenomenons are, are fads that pass. Like Tiger King, no one's talking about Tiger King. Tiger King is not going to be a series that goes down in cinematic history that people are going to be like, you haven't seen Tiger King? I haven't seen Tiger King. Who cares? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you pissed. You have not seen Tiger King? How have you not watched Squid Games? <sighs> That's fair. Oh, man. So I'll say this about Squid Games. I don't, I've, watched, I've watched exactly two episodes of Squid Games. And I don't think I'm going to continue because, like you, I watched one episode. I was like, this is, a, this is just a lot. Like, it's, I feel like it's, it's Black Mirror mixed with Hunger Games. I understand the cultural commentary. I kind of feel like I get the cultural commentary after an episode. I feel like it's just going to, they're just like hammering it home and beating a dead horse for the next nine episodes. I don't need to watch the shock value of the brutality that is the entire series. Like, I feel like I get it. So that's where I'm coming from. I understand it. Not for me. I can I can participate in a conversation about it on a very superficial level, having watched one or two episodes. That's it. I'm out. That's fair. To also be fair, I'm going to go ahead and reveal you in case you have not already discussed this. Evan loves rom-coms. He is obsessed with 50 First Dates. He just wants to find his person walking on the beach where the sun's setting 50 like, first dates-esque my my dream is just to like meet a girl with short-term memory loss who just forgets how <laughs> good our relationship is every single day and i have to just keep reminding her and uh it's just a really classic love story that's fair all right so i think our overall view i think our shared view on this i you're right i think give everything at least two episodes because the pilot is rough because you're trying to get all these characters and you're trying to develop show these relationships but then the second episode is where they can actually go off and running. All right, Evan, you've convinced me. I will watch the, the remainder of episode one and episode two. And if I don't like it, I'll just go and burn your house down. It's fine. You said I'm right. So that's all I need. I'll take that. And I'm sure no one has ever told you that, especially a woman. So <laughs> take what you can get. <laughs> Brutal. On that note, I got some hot takes for you. Let's go. Number one, on a very similar trend here. Do superhero movies and romantic comedies 
basically follow the exact same formula when you think about it. Absolutely. And there's that's that's why we love them. Like, okay, if I watch a Hallmark movie, I know what I'm going to get, especially if it's a Christmas one. Like, a big city girl who has a job that makes a lot of money but is not fulfilling. Like, this, this big city girl will go back home to Indiana or the small town where there are, like, a hundred people in the town. She's going to go to the Christmas tree farm. And then the person who's helping her load the Christmas tree is suddenly her like childhood crush. And like they go out for hot chocolate and then they go ice skating and then they fall and like accidentally almost kiss, but something interrupts it. Like we know how this goes and that's why we love them. You love, you love having something that you know is going to be good and like where people are going to end up together. So yes, they do have the same plot lines. Everything's basically the same. People are just in different spandex. And you know what? I'm okay with that. We need more spandex. (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's where that ended up. That's where that whole like take ended up. Great Uh spandex. Yeah, I I was, I forget which movie it was actually, but I was watching a superhero movie on a plane recently and it just hit me. I was like, this could be a romantic comedy. And the four, because the formula, like you're saying, the formula basically goes, the protagonist has a problem they need to solve something good comes into their life whether it's a significant other or a superpower at first everything's awesome everything's great they're having fun with their new power or their love interest the plot is light everything's going to plan and then something happens foreseeable or unforeseeable that dashes the protagonist's happiness and then they have to somehow make things right either by saving the world with their powers that they took for granted or repairing the relationship with the person they took for granted and on the other side of all of this conflict things get back to normal everything's good the happiness is restored boom same exact formula superhero movies rom-coms exactly the same i will say so many of us turn to marvel and you know rom-coms like i've literally seen 27 dresses 27 times in the span of like two months like i watched these shows so often. I love me some Captain America. I mean, America's ass. Woo! See now, this is the kind, this is the kind of take that, t- that Tim couldn't bring to the show. I love so obsessed with it. But like, the world is a crazy, crazy place right now, right? Like, you just don't know what's gonna happen. You feel like we're not gonna go into crazy politics or anything. But like, you just in that this world, a lot of times bad does win over good. And you, I feel like so many of us turn to superhero movies because it is the world where, like, no matter how much shit goes down, you know the good guy is going to win because they are the good guy, right? And I think we need that. Like, when you see see a a rom-com, there is always that, like, awful human who you're like, they're trash, but they look like they're still going to win. Like, they're still going to get that promotion or whatever. Or, like, and so when those people go down, you're like, yes, humanity wins. This is one point for humanity. And we need that right now. So let people live and let people have all the Marvel. That's a deep and thoughtful take. I like that. We're going beyond the formula and the formula has a reason. It's, it, it is the way it is, not because it's unoriginal, but it's because it's it's giving people this dose of everyday heroics, whether it's everyday heroics of the good guy winning out in a rom-com or literally good tri- triumphing over evil in a, in, a, in, a, in a Marvel movie that we need in this world that's so often the bad guy does win that's something that we could really take away from this and feel good about and i wish that that was the last take because that would be a great way to transition into the interview but i actually got one more and let's go come at me bro it's a little more negative so we're we're, we're coming off our little 
inspirational horse here and we're gonna talk about when is it acceptable to push the walk button to cross the street the fact that you even assume i push the walk button is hilarious i live in new york city and i don't think i've ever pushed a walk button i've lived here for like nine years i literally just cross whenever i want i don't care nothing makes me more irrationally angry than when people press the walk button whether i'm a pedestrian or whether i'm in a car honestly like i think the whole pedestrians have the right away thing just needs to go pedestrians don't what? deserve they don't deserve the right away half of them are on their phones not paying attention or they're indecisive about whether they want to cross or not get it together pedestrians it's like fun too it's like a game of frogger hopping between the cars there's a sense of accomplishment when you cross the street successfully like you earned it pushing that walk button is kind of like cheating but what if you're on a busy road? Like, you need that, or else there'd be like 40 cars, like playing Frogger when it's nighttime. Come on. Well, well, no, no, and this is why I'm saying there, is, there, are, there are exceptions, and I'll get to that. But like, if you're on, so I mean, I live in a town of 17, 18,000 people, and there's one main crosswalk that goes right through the middle of town. It's not, if you wait for 45 seconds, you'll be able to find an opening, even at the busiest times. And people will always press that walk button. One solo guy will press that walk button, and what he does, is he then forces 12 cars to stop for a minute. Say there's an average of two people per car. That's 24 people <laughs> that he just made stop in their tracks so that him, one person, could cross the street. No one should have that kind of power. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe that that is the thing that sets you off. Not like world hunger or like... Well, and that, it's interesting because like that affects people... Well, that affects me on a much more daily basis than world hunger does. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh! World hunger, awful. I, I don't think I think I don't think anyone's pro world hunger. If I could solve it, I would. Can't. You know what I can solve? Not pushing a walk button when I don't have to. It's literally like a minute, Evan. Like you, how about you see this person strolling? Hey, you live in the city that never sleeps. Big Apple. Everyone's in a hurry. You, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe that's just. Accurate. I have to explain this to you. I mean, I'm just someone who's a little bit more reasonable than you. I'm sorry. You just have no, you know. Hey, I'm not doubting no that. I, I'm not contesting. No I'm not contesting that. I'm definitely not the most reasonable person I've ever met. Accurate. <laughs> Speaking of strolling, we're gonna stroll right into. <laughs> Oh man, that was a, what a lame transition. No, so good. We're going to stroll into news of the day. So stay tuned and we'll see you guys on the other side. All right, well now we're in the news of the day segments where we're going to be talking about some of the most interesting travel news this week. And up first, we've got this story about a woman who wears her wedding dress every country she travels to and takes pictures in it in front of famous landmarks this was a i think a tradition that was begun in her honeymoon when she and her new husband took wedding photos to celebrate their marriage in front of some famous landmarks and she decided to keep doing it so now she's been to over 13 countries since her wedding in 2018 and the wedding dress has come with her to all of those countries what do we think about this I love this so much. Wedding dresses are so expensive. So why just wear it the one time and then put it in a box that you're never going to open again, that you're never going to see? Every time she puts on this dress when she's at a new country, she gets to celebrate all over again. And it's fun and it's silly. Like, it's not hurting anybody. And also, like, it's just a cute little thing. I love it. She can totally celebrate. I don't want to hate on it. 
but I feel like it comes across as this woman who just can't let go of her wedding. You know, I feel like it's it's time to start married life. The wedding is over. There's so much build up around your wedding and looking forward to your wedding and imagining what it's going to be like. And then when it's over, I kind of feel like it's there's almost like a letdown. Like, oh man, like yeah, great, happy to be married. That's awesome. But the wedding is over, and that was so much fun. And now I'm never going to get to wear the dress again. And this to me comes off as I just I just can't let go. I just can't let go of I'm clinging to this dress. I'm clinging to that moment that I don't want to let go. You don't get any of that? Ah, uh, no, because. In this article, her husband, for the first bit, he actually would take along his sports coat as well. So they were doing like a thing and it was cute. I did miss that. And so <laughs> one of the things that I love is like they have fun with it together. It's really cute. And okay, here's the thing that it's like the clincher for me. Her profiles are private. So like this is not like a gimmick of like let me be on a BuzzFeed list or like let everybody see me. Like it's just a fun thing for her and her family. Like if it was an actual gimmick where she's like traveling the world in this one dress and has like thousands of followers and like it's a whole thing where it's like a you know like a huge photo shoot. I'm like, "Okay, that's a lot." You know what? I just saw the part about the husband wearing the sports coat too. And that's like a couple thing that they do together. And now I think it's cute. I understand it. I don't do this a lot, but you convinced me. I was wrong. Yes. My opinion on this has completely shifted, partly because I read two more paragraphs and figured out more <laughs> of the information. But wait, what was that one thing you said at first that you were um, you were uh, mistaken? Wrong? You were mistaken. A little misguided. Incorrect. Wrong. Misguided. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna move on to the next one. Next, huh, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> the next news of the day. Speaking of, actually, kind of in the same vein, is this article that I actually wrote. Not humble brag, but just saying. Wrote for Matador last week that spotlights this Instagram account that highlights cliche travel photos. So this Instagram account called Insta Repeat has every every post is a collage of the most cliche and repetitive travel photos. You'll see the picture of the hot dog legs, the the Milky Way, the the open tent flap when you're camping with the feet sticking out sitting in the middle of the road with the two lines, all the cliche travel photos you've ever seen, they've got them here as collages to highlight really how unoriginal people are on Instagram and how people just see something, they copy it, other people see it, they copy it, it becomes this feedback loop and a vicious cycle. So you're a content creator, you're all over the gram, what do we think? Well, um... Are you triggered? A little bit. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, man, why aren't people original? And But then literally they're uh, – so while we are talking about this, one of the most recent photos in a car is literally almost a shot-for-shot shot version of what I recently did. When was the last original thought you had, Melanie? I've never had an original thought, like ever. Ha but I feel like you also have not had an original thought. This whole rarely, thing. Very rarely. Who knows? I think – okay. I think when we actually when we actually break it down – so many things that we see we do because of what other people are doing and like when i think of um so one of these recent photos is in front of a waterfall i, I one of the things that i love is like 
through social media, you're able to learn so much. I mean, everything is, you know, right at your fingertips. Like, I found out about this beautiful Hindu temple in uh, about half an hour outside of L.A., and I only found out about it through Instagram. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I want a photo there. Like, it is so beautiful. Like, it's a way of, like, learning more about the culture, like, it was so fun. I mean, to be fair, a lot of these things are not that. It's literally just like a super close-up shot of of someone sitting on like the, the yellow pavement, you know. So a lot of it's not original. But I think if you look at anything, like if you look at movies, what we were just talking about, like a lot of things are very, very similar. When you find a good formula, like I wouldn't say like never have your own original thought, but like when it works, it works. And I don't, if it's not harming anyone, I feel like, all right, get your cute photo doing the exact same thing other people are doing. The question that comes to mind for me is, so you're a professional content creator. You, you make money doing this. So as a professional, do you have an obligation to do what's best for your brand and what's best for clicks and likes, which might in this case be repetition, seeing something that works for other people online a photo style that works and doing it yourself because that's what the brand you're working with might want. That's what might get you the most attention. That's perfectly valid. Or do you think it's a better tact to be more of a, because you're in this as a profession to be a more of a trailblazer to kind of break the mold a little bit. You're in a, you're uniquely positioned more so than someone like me who has no followers to create i will follow you everywhere evan (laughs) at least someone will appreciate it i mean you know what i mean though like you have more of a a platform to be able to create a new trend if you want to kind of get creative and maybe other people will follow you i don't know what what do you think the relationship is and the obligation is i think that's a really fair point i mean i think all of us want to create something that's new and different and go outside of our comfort zones and I think I think it's great to see something that you like and go okay I want to do something similar to this or like how can I expand on this how can I make it my own Um, and I think that's really important like we do want to have something that is special you don't want to have something that literally everyone else has done I will say when I look at this uh, when I look at this Instagram though which is hilarious and I think it's actually really funny I will say like so right right now I'm looking at this photo of um, it's like it's a photo it's a montage of 12 people who have their feet showing at the end of a boat and like a pretty scene that's 12 photos out of how many billions of people on the planet like that's actually not that many like i i get i get where this account comes from but i also feel like anything that you've seen like so many people have done it you know if you see a a fun dance on tiktok there's probably like 50,000 people who have done that same thing. Does that make it wrong for those 50,000 people to do it? No, because a lot of times it's a challenge. You know, like I think about like I think about the ice bucket challenge. Obviously, that had a real mission and like it had more behind it. But like if I like just because I see someone else doing it doesn't mean that like I shouldn't also do it. Like I think sometimes it's just harmless fun. Again, if you're going to do a shot for shot like every single detail is going to be the exact same. I'm like, that's that's leaves less to be desired. That leaves a little to be desired. But if you're going to do something like fun and make it a, do a little twist on it that makes it your own, I'm like, I don't see a problem with that. What this account is really spotlighting is the really classic kind of cliches like propping up the leading tower of Pisa with your index finger and the group of 
guys crossing Abbey Road in London, like the Beatles, and like posing with a Buckingham Palace scar, things like that. But I mean, there's a reason that people post those things. It's because they're you know those landmarks are photo worthy and beautiful and significant. And I think the moral here is nothing is original. Agreed. Absolutely. You, hey, you could come up with an original concept. 20 minutes later, it's not going to be original anymore because 50 other people might do it. So nothing is original. Don't even bother. <laughs> no. Be cliche. <laughs> be cliche. Fucking just do it. Nothing matters. Who cares? Dude, oh, man. We took Don't a even turn. wake up in the morning. Wow. We took a turn. So I think the idea that nothing is original, like, I mean, I, I would say, like, we joke. But, like, I think that is relatively true. But I think there's also something freeing in the idea that, like, Maybe, maybe this is the exact same thing that someone else has done, but at the same time, it's not because it's you. Like, so Evan, if you go to the Grand Canyon and even though you're trying to take the same photo, like your version of that photo is going to be different from my version of the photo because we are different. Like we are different humans. So even though it's the same, like then maybe the caption is different. Maybe you're there at a different time of day. Like maybe you're doing it through the lens of like, here's me and my dog. And then maybe I'm like, here's me in a fancy dress. Like things are Yes, it, it can be that it can be the same and also different at the same time. Captions are a whole other story. That's another can of worms. Because <laughs> that, I mean, don't even get me started on Take Me Back. I've used that. Not going to lie. How many times? Probably a lot. Let's not talk about <laughs> that. Let's not go through and, like, identify that. Because there's, you know, there's only so many ways you can take a picture. If you want to take a picture of the Grand Canyon, you want to take a picture of uh, Leading Tower Peace, there's only so many ways you can do it. The Eiffel Tower, whatever. Captions, there's really no excuse why you can't be original with a caption. There's, there are infinite number of captions. True. I agree. Well, are you going to think twice next time before you say take me back? I mean, that's you're assuming that I even think once. Maybe I'm just <laughs> going to copy and paste your exact captions. Who knows? Originality is dead. That, isn't that what you said? Originality is dead. There's, I, I guess, yeah, if, we, take, if we, we have to write out our point from earlier, in, that, in which case it is pointless to even come up with a unique caption. So uh, there is no, there is, everything is pointless. This is what I'm telling you. Everything's pointless. Everything's pointless. Oh, Evan. Nothing matters. I mean, anyone who's listened to this episode alone, if this is the only one you have ever listened to, you know that Evan is just a meanie bikini. He's not on point with this. All right. This is a kid's a kid show. Watch your language. <laughs> Jeez. I'm going to end this on that note. Because I have nothing, I have nothing to add to that, and I think that's a perfect way to end this first <laughs> episode with Melanie. Thanks for listening to No Blackout Dates. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If for some reason you want to follow what we're up to, I'm Evan Flow underscore on Instagram, and she is Melanie Sutra. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>